Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Hi, Nicole. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Doing good. So I want to ask, how's your new horse doing? Well, as I mentioned in our last podcast, I had a horse with an abscess. And of course, it would be the new horse, but no. You know, lots of soaking and packing and all of that, but hopefully we're moving past that. But it's—I uh, swear, sometimes it's—it's it's always something with horses. But we love oh, them. And here we are. They are, you know, we love them with all of our hearts, and that's why we do this podcast because we want them to be healthy and happy. And today we're talking about supplements, and this could be five podcasts, but I think today specifically we just want to start off with talking about over supplementing your horse and why that can be a problem. But I think just to start off today's discussion, Nicole, what are the purpose of supplements? Why why do we feed them? You know, I think this is actually the perfect segue because the reason most of us feed supplements is because we love our horses and we want to make sure they're healthy and we do the absolute best for them. So do we often supplement things that don't need to be supplemented. Yes, it it comes from a good place. I say a lot of times we make things more complicated than we need to make it. Now, there are certain situations where, yeah, supplementing is absolutely warranted. What I generally recommend people think about is if you are supplementing basic nutrition, think, you know, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, the things that should be coming in your concentrate You've either not chosen the correct concentrate or you're not feeding at an appropriate rate when you find that you keep having to add things to it. So a lot of times there's this opportunity to simplify and make things more economical, more balanced, because one of the things we can talk about is there's definitely a risk sometimes that in our effort to do something good, that we're actually making our total diet less healthy because of spot supplementing specific nutrients. But overall, the goal is a happy, healthy horse. Whether or not you need a supplement to do that, I would say in most cases you shouldn't. If you're feeding an appropriate concentrate at an appropriate level and your horse is otherwise healthy. But yeah, there's specific situations where you might need to supplement. And maybe, you know, it's the American in us that, you know, more is better. We we just always think, oh, if I feed more, they're going to be healthier. And I always, my goal when I went and talked about nutrition and supplements and proper balance was to save owners money because it, it is expensive to feed these, these horses. And, you know, I always told them you're, if you're buying lots of supplements, you're probably just flushing money down the toilet. So to kind of go through some of the supplements we give our horses, uh, I think, like you said, the, the big one was vitamin mineral mix, but what are some of the other supplements that, that people might use? And again, I know that's a massive list, but What are some of the more common ones? Sure. So I think some other really common ones be things like joint supplements. So the purpose of those is to either manage an existing issue or maybe prevent an issue down the road, hopefully, to make horses more comfortable in doing their jobs. You have lots of different gut supplements in those fall in multiple categories, some targeted towards the stomach. We have pre and probiotics targeted towards the hindgut. Other things you might think of, top-line building supplements, 
And then beyond that, you have, oh gosh, hoof supplements, hair coat supplements, calming supplements. Uh, there's a supplement for everything. Now, as you went through that list, I'd, and just doing this podcast and, and talking about the different, not the tribute line and uh, other high quality feeds. So if I'm feeding a high quality feed, like you started in the beginning, a lot of those are in it, right? Yeah. So when I formulate, when I sit down and formulate, my goal is to put all of the nutrients you need in there to support building a top line, hoof health, hair coat. I mean, all your basic functions, immune system, whatever. So for that reason, if you, again, choose the right feed fed at an appropriate level, you shouldn't need a lot of those things. That doesn't mean that there's not the occasional horse who needs a hoof supplement on top of a really well-balanced diet. But kind of the recommendation that I make in general is look at your feeding program. If every horse is on four or five supplements, then you probably have made things either overcomplicated just out of love or the foundation of your diet is not good enough and therefore you have to add all of these other things. So a lot of times if I was giving a presentation and we had a PowerPoint up, I would put up a graphic that is a pyramid. The bottom of that pyramid is forage and that should be the bulk of your horse's diet. So that's why we talk so much about how important forage quality is because they're getting a lot of nutrients from forage. The next part is going to be your concentrate. And the amount of concentrate you have to feed is going to vary. depends on your horse's job, life stage, all of those things. But that's meant to fill in the gaps of nutrients, certain amino acids, trace minerals, vitamins that aren't in even really good quality forage. And maybe if your forage is not so good, you have to feed a little bit more on the concentrate side, things like that. And the very tippy tippy top of our pyramid, I have supplements question mark. And the reason I say that is because we can talk about a couple examples. I use supplements. I'm not anti-supplement. But again, if you're having to supplement something for every component of the horse's body, there's probably something wrong with the bottom part of your pyramid. Maybe it's your forage. Maybe it's your concentrate. But supplements should be a selective part of your program where, unfortunately, I see a lot of cases, I kind of joke it's like a mad scientist in the feed room because supplements have become the main focus of the program. And that's, it's not economical. And a lot of times it's not the best balanced diet for the horse. Well, it's just crazy. I, I had a flashback of work at the racetrack. And when we were mixing feed, literally, from what I can remember, we were taking things from like 10 or 12 bags, you know, and, and then I remember the one thing that's that sticks out. It's funny how smell sticks with you in life was an apple supplement that helped flavor the feed so they'd eat it. But I just remember scooping, you know, scoops from this bag and that bag and this bag where I think today we don't need to do that quite as much, right? But I do want to ask, can you give an example of where you would feed a supplement, where you feel it's warranted? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I'll give you a very personal example. I have a horse with chronic EPM. He has a neuromuscular disease. His vitamin E needs are higher than the average horse, so he gets a vitamin E supplement. The rest of the horses don't get a vitamin E supplement because their need is met through the rest of their diet. So that would be an example of a horse who has a specific problem. Another horse, I use constant comfort 
because he is trailered constantly. He is shown. He has a high level of stress. He needs a little bit extra gut support than what is already in the feed. So you'll find now a lot of the things that maybe we used to have to supplement, like pre and probiotics, for example, a lot of times those are now built into the feed. Do some horses need extra gut support? Absolutely. Does every horse need extra gut support? Probably not. So when I think about supplementing, if I'm going to make that decision for my own program or, you know, something I'm putting together for people, basically what I say is look for functional supplements. So do they have a functional job, which is supporting something that is beyond the scope of basic nutrition? That would be the neuromuscular issue. This horse has an increased need for vitamin E. That would be joint support because that's not something that a balanced diet is going to provide. It'd be extra MSM, glucosamine, chondroitin, or even some of the newer, fancier ones. It might be electrolytes for the horse who's working hard during the summer. Those are all very justified reasons that you might want to supplement. But if you're having to give every horse a hoof supplement and a hair coat and a top line, those are indicators that we want to look at the basic part of the pyramid. So always think about, am I doing something functional that's outside of the scope of basic nutrition? Then a supplement is probably more warranted. It, it is amazing how, where we've come. And like I said, in 20 years, like it's just in the bag, like it's, it's the pre probiotics are in there and, and all the, the, all the other stuff that that's great. It, we really have done a lot in horse nutrition. So ownership should be happy. Now, can we overfeed these supplements? Because it was something I always talked about when, whenever we, we did get into this supplement discussion with owners, but you know, can we, or what are some of the dangers of overfeeding certain supplements? Good question. So some things are benign and that if the horse doesn't need it, it has mechanisms to excrete it, usually through urine. And those additional nutrients won't do anything other than hurt your pocketbook. They just won't really make a difference in the horse. There are other nutrients. It's not as benign if you over supplement them. And you can kind of have a couple different levels of issues. One would be a true toxicity. Those are relatively rare. It can happen. Um, particularly, you know, one or two nutrients have much tighter range of acceptable levels. And we can talk about, you know, an example of that in a second. The other thing that I think is a lot more common is that by over supplementing certain nutrients, you may upset the overall balance of the diet and create some subclinical deficiencies and other nutrients because either these nutrients tie each other up or they're competing for the same transporter, things like that happen. And then even though your goal was to add more to support the health and performance of your horse, the total sum balance ends up being negative for the horse. So those are kind of your two categories you can think about in terms of the dangers of over supplementing outside of just basically wasting money. A third one to think about would be just because it's natural doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy and okay for the horse. So there are a lot of different supplements, different nutraceuticals, herbs, some of those things that we think of as benign because they are natural, but they may have drug interactions. Um, certainly some of them are banned substances because of the way they function in the horse. So that'd be one thing you'd want to be mindful if you're showing would be to check your association rules. 
And then for a horse who might have like an underlying kidney or liver issue, if you didn't know that and you fed a lot of herbs or something that it's still natural, that could exacerbate underlying conditions. So those are some things you would want to be careful about in supplementing. In terms of nutrients, I mean, the one you're most likely to over supplement is selenium because it has the narrowest range. And I have seen a couple examples of that. Thankfully, no acute toxicities, but some that were chronic low level over supplementation led to low level toxicity. Um, you know, that would be the most typical one. And then of course, creating those imbalances. Now you just mentioned toxicity. Can you just briefly go over some of the, the signs, you know, I'm always thinking mineral toxicity always because of the research we were doing and, you know, we want to be careful that we don't overfeed it. But generally, do you know, if you just give the owners, like if you see this, you know, call your vet. Yeah. So that's a super interesting question. Part of the challenge with that is that the symptoms of toxicities and deficiencies often overlap. So just visually looking at a horse, I'd be like, oh, something is wrong, but I can't necessarily tell if it's a toxicity or deficiency, just visually looking at it. Good example would be hair coat. So selenium toxicity, it's going to affect the hair and the hooves. So like, it'll look really crummy, it'll start falling out, you'll see cracks in the hooves, um, starting at the coronet band. But deficiencies in other trace minerals might also show themselves as really poor hair coat, really poor hoof quality. So like two different things on opposite spectrums cause the same issue in the horse. One of the other challenges you run into is that it's very difficult to detect anything other than an acute deficiency or toxicity. Acute meaning that like a horse has a massive overdose or they've been massively undernourished in a specific nutrient. It's hard to pick up subclinical issues because the body does a really good job of regulating the blood levels of most of the nutrients you'd be interested in. So a horse may functionally have a subclinical copper deficiency, but you test its blood and it would look normal. So sometimes it's the best, honestly, the best thing to do is to just look at the total diet, test your hay, do the math um, to figure out how many milligrams or grams of nutrients are being consumed in order to look at that. You know, to give you more specific examples, um, you know, research has shown vitamin A toxicity that causes bone issues, uh, includes increased risk of developmental orthopedic disorders. So if you like massively overdose your growing horse on vitamins, you could cause a growth issue. Like uh, vitamin D toxicity would be super rare, but it could cause calcification of soft tissues. Other things, vitamin E, for example, very, very hard to create a toxicity. The upper safe limit is very high in the horse because they're just going to excrete extra. And your B vitamins, I mean, almost impossible to create a functional toxicity. I won't say it's completely impossible, but most supplementation, you wouldn't create that type of issue. Thinking more on your minerals, selenium is the most obvious one. Um, acute toxicity is what's called blind staggers. That's not generally from supplementation. That would be something like a horse went out and they ate a whole bunch of a selenium um, high plant or weed. So there's certain plants that actually accumulate selenium. That's where you'd see that acute toxicity. But as we talked about, hair coat, hoof quality, things like that would be a chronic toxicity of selenium. You might be a way to see that. Selenium is one of the few we can actually test the blood and get an idea of what their true status is. 
However, we do need to be careful. We need to test whole blood selenium. That's going to be your most accurate measure of the long-term selenium status of the horse. And I would say at least once a month, I get a report. My horse is too high in selenium. What are we going to do to fix it? And I say, well, what method was used? And it's serum or plasma. Those are a lot more sensitive to recent changes. So maybe you've fed your horse their meal. Hour or two later, the vet came and drew blood for this test. And if they use serum or plasma, it would be high, but not because the horse actually has a toxicity. It's because the body was shuttling the selenium where it needed to go at that time. And often I follow that up with, well, why did you test selenium? Like, are you visibly seeing any issues? Well, no, we just tested it to double check type thing. Um, you know, another one, magnesium is supplemented a ton. Most horses who are getting supplemental magnesium probably didn't need it. The good news is that'd be one that's difficult to create a toxicity. You'd see diarrhea long before you created like a true toxicity event. Uh, most of our issues come again in that creating other subclinical deficiencies of other nutrients because you've selectively supplemented certain things. If I'm selectively supplementing copper, I might create a zinc issue because they compete for transporters or vice versa. It just, it, 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 so the vitamins and minerals is where we see a lot of this toxicity. So I, I, I think the take home message I'm hearing is if you feed a good high quality feed, you probably don't need to add a lot of this, even though you do add vitamin E. Uh, that you mentioned, and it's hard to create toxicity. But I'm just thinking of an owner that says, you know, is feeding calm and easy and is feeding a vitamin mineral mix. How could we just be sure that we're not feeding too many minerals and vitamins and some of these things? Sure. So what we would technically want to do would be to get an understanding of the total diet. So we would test your hay, and then we'd look at the quantity of culminese and the nutrients coming in and the quantity of the supplement and the nutrients coming in. And then you'd kind of do the math on those against both the NRC and then what we have are max tolerable limits. So max tolerable limits are the amount of a specific nutrient that you can feed long-term without causing issues. We kind of say, yeah, this is way too much, but we've done the research to say it's too much, but we know it won't cause issues. But if you go above that, so that would ultimately be if you wanted to get into the very nitty gritty to understand exactly what your horse is getting, that's what you would need to do is really evaluate the total diet that way. Now, all of this gets very convoluted, can be very confusing. I wanted to ask you today, Nicole, if somebody needed help and they reached out to Tribute, can you just kind of talk about that process, like what they could expect with the consulting? Oh, yeah. Call? Yeah, that's yeah. a great question. So we do personalized equine feeding plans, whether you have one horse or 20 horses, you would talk with one of our equine specialists and they would walk through all of these steps. So they would ask you about your forage what are you feeding today? And they're going to ask you specifics, like how much? So how many quarts or pounds? And if you say two flakes of hay, they say, well, can you give me an estimate of what a flake of hay weighs? They're really trying to get very specific information. And then what supplements are you adding? And then they're going to ask about the goals with your horse. So if you're reaching out and say, are there any particular areas you'd like to improve on or you have concerns about? And then we think about walking through the total diet to achieve those. So Chris, if you called me and you said, I have a thoroughbred who came off the track. 
I've had him three months and the issues that I'm having are that I would like him to gain weight in top line. And, you know, he really has those thoroughbred feet. They're shelly. They're not great. All of that. So we would first go through really stressing on lots of forage for this horse and then identifying a concentrate that's going to balance that. And let's say that what we've identified is that six pounds of senior sport should meet his calorie needs. Then we're going to talk about the top line in the feet. So if they're really struggling, maybe we might want to supplement. So you could do a top line supplement. You could do a hoof supplement. But what I'd probably direct you towards was essential K, hyper-concentrated in amino acids, trace minerals, vitamins, all of which support top line development and then hoof quality. And I'm unfortunately going to remind you that it's going to take nine to 12 months to grow out those feet. So don't expect to see on the bottom of their hoof improvement right away. You kind of have to get past those track diet feet. But we basically kind of walk through that process of what are you feeding today? What are your goals with your horse? How can we achieve that in a way that is simple, economical, and best for the health of your horse? So it would be relatively rare that we would jump straight to supplements. A lot of times if I'm working with someone new, I'm going to walk them through, let's look at this basic diet change. Let's give it 30 to 60 days. We're going to contact you, see how it is going, maybe make some adjustments. And then if we say for whatever reason, this horse has very high additional needs, maybe then we'll think about a supplement. But the goal is really to build you that program that minimal supplementation is needed. That's great. And and it's like putting a recipe together for your particular animal. So it's not just, oh, you know, you got this horse here, feed this bag of hay. Thank you. Next call. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's- absolutely. Because they're, they're all individuals, right? Every horse is a little bit different. Every management situation is a little bit different. And they're really going to dig into some of those things. Are they turned out? Are they turned out in a group? X, Y, Z, there's all of these little things that are going to minutely change the program we need to build. What's kind of fun about it is a lot of times there's no single correct answer. So even though I gave you the example of senior sport and essential K, maybe I want to feed Calm Ultra, or maybe I just want to feed eight pounds of Calm and Easy because I already have it in the barn. There are lots of different things that are involved in that process. And the reason why it's personalized is because it is personal. No single situation is exactly the same. And it's free. So, <laughs> so I bring it up. It's just, it, it, it's, it's tough because owners sometimes don't feel they have somewhere to go. And a lot of this gets confusing. And that's why you went to grad school and earned a PhD. So, you know, to, to get all this knowledge and then it's continual learning and updating. So that resource is available to you. The link is in the show notes. Please feel free to reach out to the team again. But I just want to thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing these episodes on social media. And thank you for those that have given us reviews on iTunes. It's really helping us grow. And stay tuned next week for another episode. Thank you.